What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forging Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameri Braid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to merrybraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? We're back again. Pre-Blade Show episode today. You got me, Ryan Chabor, Knifeworks, Noah Bloomberg, the Antioch River Forge, and B-Cone, St. Coney's oh. himself. Oh, yeah! Let's do it, brother! Yeah, brother! Cream <laughs> of the crop. Cream that rises up to the tippy top, brother. I get you for <laughs> two hours, brother! I don't know why the hell. Why the hell did I launch into that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was you're, always, you're, uh, you're just a savage. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've always loved Ric Flair. It's just woo, and the I back in the go oh, ahead. go ahead. Back in the day when he was like cocaine, Ric Flair, and he was like he'd be like rhyming and stuff when he's doing his shoots and he's like i'm having a hard time holding these alligators down Woo! <laughs> i actually have a buddy who met him in in uh florida and of course he said he, florida he was the weirdest <laughs> experience of his life he said he was just like it it felt like he was meeting an alien like he just didn't seem real i don't know i believe it i don't know i, I believe it but back on a marebraid real quick did you fellers see mm. the new prototype thingy-majiggy they got coming out? Mm-hmm. I, I missed I can't it. Remember. You should tell me all about it. You it's missed like a, it? It's a multi-tool chuck for like a flat disc. So like you mount your motor in this frame that they've built and it's a flat disc with a work rest or you tip it up and it there's an attachment for a spindle sander. There's an attachment for a buffer. There's an attachment for a diamond wheel. Um, yeah. Those of you that are part of the creme de la creme, the 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 wonderful people who support us on Patreon, already knew that this was coming because we talked about this in the after show uh, when we had Eric and Kevin on. This was their one product that they were hoping to have ready for Blade, and they're going to unveil it fully at Blade. So if you're going to be at Blade, go check it out. Basically what it is, it's a, it's a direct drive rotational whatever the hell you want tool. Everything from like a disc sander, disc grinder to a spindle sander and the quick change coupler that they came up with is freaking genius because you can take it from a disc grinder to a spindle sander to a buffer, whatever you want, literally in seconds. Like it's it's that fast. It, it's threaded. It's There's not slick like... slick thing. 
it's not like a set screw that slides onto the axle shaft of the motor that, you know, they get stuck or stuff gets in there and it's hard to get them off or the set screw strips. It's a threaded chuck, almost looks like a drill chuck and it just mm-hmm. threads on. And then when you want to switch it out, you unthread it and put on the next one and thread that on. Genius. That sounds, that sounds like it'd be super convenient that, that quick change, because I've always, I've always wanted to get a, you know, disc sander like that Vander sander or whatever it is, you know, there's a couple of them out there and Vander sander is the one that I know, but, um, yeah, being able to have that quick change, that's a game changer in itself. Yeah. And you're buying like eight tools in one. Wow. And because because it's, you know, you can buy it with a a three phase motor that they sell with it already fully assembled, just like their regular grinders. So we're talking variable speed on all of these different tools. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we all have tiny shops or not nearly large enough shops. So having the ability to make have one tool that you spend some money on turn into multiple tools that you can then, you know, use to leverage to make better knives better whatever the hell you make that's key man that's huge mm. yeah buddy so, those those guys so, know what they're doing so kind of on that same note oh not really i guess but everybody knows i think dicks are funny <laughs> and is this remotely on the same note solid segue it's link it's like shop equipment so if you listen to the Brodon Showdown, you already heard that my brother and I were discussing the me getting a plasma table. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, Beacone. You can sneeze, I'm, bro. I'm so used to just hitting the mute button on the roadcaster that I ought, like just immediately did that and forgot that I don't have the roadcaster hooked up. My bad. We're a flea bag podcast. It's okay. Well, so anyway, I'm the flea bag here. Like Richie um just got a he just started renting a big shop space it's going to be like an office for him and his wife and a gym and stuff it's a tax write-off but that's where the bro down studio is going to be and he was like asking me about tools i want and i said i want a plasma table and he didn't know what that is so we looked it up so we went online we were talking about the langmere and i was looking at the crossfire pro and then i got to looking at the crossfire xr which is the next step up Ooh. And it's like 8,200 bucks by the time you get it to your door, but you can fit a full four by eight sheet of metal on it. Like the crossfire pros, like, I think it's like four feet by 30 inches or something like that. Um, and then we got to talking about what other things can we cut on this table to make money? And so some, I think it was me, but we were talking about dick shaped Christmas ornaments. I love that that's where your mind went. So, because it's funny stuff. So, I just recorded an episode of the Brodown right before I like sped home and hopped on here with you guys. And we went into pretty detail about it because before the show, I'm like, I don't know about you, but I can't stop thinking about selling dick shaped Christmas ornaments. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I just can't stop thinking about dicks. <laughs> and he goes, me too. I think we're on to something. <laughs> so I went on and I bought the domain name to dicktrinkets.com. Okay. That was available? Yep. Wow. Well, think about all of like the bachelorette 
things. I, mm-hmm. I there's so I, many. I just, I just don't imagine too too many people wanting to put a penis on their tree, though. Like that's that's dude. The they're thing. funny. Well, the I, world don't get me wrong. Is- don't get me wrong. I think they're funny too. Like, I'm just wondering about people's Christmas trees. Like, I don't know about that. That's all, that's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I was I was gonna enlist you and our buddy Adam in the research development part to design dicks for us because you both are dick drawing connoisseurs. So we're we're talking about like not just dick shaped Christmas ornaments. We're talking about like dick shaped pry bars. Dick-shaped bottle openers. Oh, maybe co- okay. maybe coasters with laser-engraved dicks in them. This is mm. going to launch me into a whole rant about the former owners of this house I just got. Oh, <laughs> what else did okay. you find? No, this isn't what I found, but this is what I learned from the neighbors who are good friends with them. Okay. So, speaking of dicks and Christmas trees... So they would have because they didn't have any family or maybe they didn't have any family that accepted them or whatever it was. Um, Basically, this house for Christmas turned into a Christmas party. And so basically they it would be all of the the well, homosexual people around in the area that they were friends with. And then the neighbors would come over and basically they had this really elaborate, really like gourmet dinner party situation. But the neighbors would say, you know, they'd come over every year and they would, you know, they'd be normal for the first little bit of it. And they'd have dinner and they'd look around and, you know, there's this giant Christmas tree and, you know, this, they were looking at all the things and they're like, oh, wow, that angel, what, what the hell is this angel on this Christmas tree holding? And it's, you know, a six inch dildo that this Christmas tree is holding onto. And then you, they got looking at it a little bit closer and every, every ornament, every little thing on the Christmas tree was dicks. But Does they did, lo- they did say that after dinner, they had to leave relatively quickly because it would get in, it would just devolve into orgy. Yeah, but, see, you're going the wrong direction with this, wow. Beacon. This is supposed to be funny. <laughs> We're not no, making but, dildos. But here's the thing. Like, <laughs> there's a market for the dick-shaped Christmas ornaments. Like, you're not you're not crazy here. Yeah, and they could be funny, and we could, like, laser engrave funny things on them, or, like, we could do, like, boob coasters. It doesn't actually, it doesn't all have to be dicks. But do you guys, <laughs> do you guys think we're onto something here? I already bought the domain name. I wanted to get in on it on the ground floor, you know, make sure I had it. How much was that domain name? It's like 10 bucks a year. There you go. Shit. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Pack of cigarettes is 10 bucks. I was like, it's worth it. Yeah. I'm speechless. <laughs> I figured you'd be like gung ho. Like, fuck. Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm I'm sorry. Beacon's story really, really, uh, Really put me off. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm a little. Let me tell you, when we moved into this place, we destroyed everything that we like. Most surfaces we threw out, you know, replaced, and then bleached everything. Man, I. <laughs> Did you go through the house of the blacklight? <laughs> no, God no. We've we've painted and put floors down, so if there is black lightable surface, it's already been covered. But I don't right. want to know, man. So- <laughs> do you guys do you guys think this is a 
a good idea? I mean, I'm... there's a lot of market out there for like goofy dick shaped items. I mean, I got, I came up with the idea because of the guy, you know what a charcuterie board is? Yeah. Uh oh. There's a guy on Instagram who makes cockcuterie boards. Okay. Is he, he really? Yeah, they're dick shaped charcuterie boards. He's busy as a motherfucker. I'm really? sure he is. He's got employees and everything. That's you see, that's the thing is like, I don't get me wrong. Like, I'm entertained by it, but I just didn't think there was going to be that much of a market for it. We bought at work. We were goofing around with each other. Like my uh, my brother bought dick shaped uh, valve ca- valve stem caps and put neon colored dick shaped valve stem caps on all of our vehicles. Nice. There's at yep. least one set of those, I think, in every mechanic shop. <laughs> See, that's the thing, though, is, you know, it doesn't seem like, well, who the hell is going to buy that dick shaped whatever? But I mean, everybody still has that little 14 year old, you know, sense of humor in their background. Everyone, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Well, we we all have a dick shaped whatever. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that shit's going to sell. It's stupid, but it's going to sell. Yeah. See, Becone okay. knows. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on the ground floor. What do you want me to do here? Do I need to design the dicks or what? I don't know. We're talking about Kickstarter today because I need to come up with the money for the plasma table. (laughs) You didn't see the double entendre with Kickstarter? Come on. Mm. (laughs) Come on. Okay. You dick starter. (laughs) I don't know, man. It's funny shit. I like that. See if that domain's name's open. Well, we were talking about it because the table's happening one way or the other. I right. mean, like, it may be a Crossfire Pro. It may be an XR. It depends on how much money I can come up with. Mm-hmm. But it's it's ha- I'm already planning out where it's going to go in the shop. So it's like, it's already happening. I might as well brainstorm other ideas to make money off the table. I, You know, there's so many different ways you could have took it, but you went straight to dicks, and I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> Yeah, my uh, one of my buddies, uh, he does uh, he, he has a metal working shop and he he has a plasma table. He spent more than Crossfire Pro money on it. Um, and he does a lot. His his main business is he builds like these really elaborate gates and stuff. And if anybody who follows me on Instagram has probably seen me sharing some of his posts and stuff in the past because he does some amazing work. Um, no blacksmith or anything like that. He just strictly does like metal work, um, CNC, that kind of stuff. And for a while there, he was doing like these, you know, like, have you ever seen like the, the F bomb bottle openers? Oh, yeah. It's the shape of a bomb. So he did like a run of those and stuff, but he ended up just getting so much into like the larger stuff like gates. Like, and um, he actually does uh, what are they, like stump splitters or stump rippers. I can't remember exactly what they're called, um, but he makes a lot of those out of this, you know, these giant, super thick, like AR 500 steel uh stump rippers that go on heavy equipment and he does heavy equipment i think he does some heavy equipment repair just welding and that sort of stuff he's he he's the kind of welder that that us us bladesmiths look at look at and are just kind of like oh so that's what a real welder looks like (laughs) but uh but yeah he does some amazing stuff and i mean he you can do anything with that plasma table i mean yeah see possibilities are endless well, and I mean, you're talking about like all the different like trinkets and stuff you can make. Like he did, he made me a, a like a Chevy bow tie bottle opener. 
he did those f-bomb bottle openers we have um what's it, is it called a monogram um where it's like a, a big b for our last name and then the last name written through the middle of it we got that up yeah. over a fireplace that he made for us so just cool stuff like that i mean dicks as well of course but uh there, <laughs> you can't forget all the dicks come all on different kinds of other stuff that you can do well the you know like you'd buy that stuff for your buddy like if he's a ford guy you'd have a ford logo that was a dick yeah exactly and, and uh, you know what i mean or like uh my coworker that passed away a few years ago, he had a 3D printer and he made me a snap on logo where the wrenches are dicks and it says strap on. Mm, yes, I've seen those before. That's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. all, all, all the snap on haters seem to think that that is like a very original and very funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, we're 16 minutes in 17. Um, do we want to talk about anything besides dicks? We should probably play one of our sponsors while we still have them. Who you got? Let, let's let's put some space in between the dick talk and a sponsor. All right, let's do. Do you have anything lined up? Well, we have some questions, so let's let's just bring up these questions here because we got sent some questions. Um, shout out to all the beautiful people who follow us on Instagram. Um, we asked for some questions last week. And we got some really great questions. They were all really geared towards knife making. And Brian House, while an amazing human being, isn't really a full-time knife maker. I mean, he's a grinder maker. He's a, a problem solver and uh, a man with a beautiful voice. But uh, he's not really a full-time knife maker. So these questions didn't necessarily gear directly towards him. So there's two really great questions that I want to bring up on this show. Let me find the first one here. So this one comes from uh, David Burke, OLC Knives. That's one-legged coot uh, knives on Instagram. And his question was, what is a small detail that was missed on a knife that ruins the knife for you? What is a small detail that makes a knife for you? So I think we can all go through and just kind of answer this uh, for each of us. Um, you know, what's a detail that if you miss on a knife, it's like, ah, oh, that was a missed opportunity. Or what's a very small detail that, that on every knife that you notice? And that's just kind of what makes the knife for you. And right after this ad, we'll go ahead. We'll start with B-Cone and uh, we'll we'll go through and, and get everybody's answer on this. That was that was your cue to play the ad. Oh. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Yeah, buddy. Uh, Lawrence just posted the other day a giant pile of steel that he got. And he also got some more. Um, <clears throat> what's that sand mine material that everybody wants? Wrought iron. He got some more wrought iron in. So if anybody out there is looking for wrought iron, go check out Maritime Knife Supply. I guarantee you that even though he's in Canada, the shipping price will not kill you. And you can actually get it unlike anywhere else. So stuff's really hard to find. And yeah. you get to leverage the um, the Canadian to American exchange rate. 
So you get it yes. a little bit cheaper. And if you use, no, I'm, I'm not going to use our. Don't shoot. Oh, wait. He doesn't do discount codes. Never mind. Never mind. No, just I was just like, I was going to be a like Luke just said. Second. You're supposed to you're supposed to just just let Lawrence know that that uh, in the little <laughs> comment section. Hey, I was sent here by the Hustle and Grind podcast because they're awesome, yeah. or you know because they're dicks, you know whichever. Um. So, anyways, mm-hmm. so back to our question here. Small detail that was missed on a knife that ruins for you, and a small detail that makes it for you. Brian, what do you think? So a small detail that absolutely ruins it for me. Um, is that I just happen to have, I literally just finished a knife before we started sitting down for the podcast, but it's, it's the uh, underbelly of the handle like that, that, you know, right at the bottom, the opposite of the spine, the bottom of the, the bottom of the handle. If there, if it's not like well done there, if somebody hasn't spent just a couple minutes to sand that down and make it just as pretty as the spine, it shows for whatever reason, you know, that's just something that I have been really focusing on lately. And um, I I normally, you know, if I can get away with it, I want everything to be belt finish. And that includes doing the small wheel attachment and hitting, hitting that little area like I was just talking about with the small wheel attachment. I have learned that if you just take 10 minutes in hand sand, that shit looks and feels infinitely better. And it's worth that 10 minute of hand sanding. Even if the whole rest of the knife is belt finish, hand sand that area at the bare minimum. So for for those of you who aren't watching the the video portion of this, uh, Beacon's talking about like on a full tang knife, the the bottom of that that tang that's exposed where your grip is, that and specifically kind of the the transition between the handle and the uh, like where the choil is. So like right yeah, in there the in that choil. area, the finger choil. So that's what he's talking about. So specifically on a full tang knife, though, is that what you're talking about, Brian? Well, I'm talking about just that area in general, not just oh, the tang, okay. but the handle material. Sometimes if you don't, if you try to just do a belt finish down in that area, um, you will get some bumps. You'll get some, you know, just irregular ir- irregularities. There's the yeah. one I was looking for. And uh, yeah, I've now that I've kind of focused on that a little bit better, I feel like my handle game has gone infinitely upward. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And getting that small wheel attachment, I've got the TR Maker one with the the nylon wheels, and and getting that finger choil is is that I really felt better about my knives once I started doing that exact same thing. So, what's something on a knife that makes it for you? It's the personal style for me, honestly. Like if I can look at it and it doesn't look like a ge- generic knife, if I look at that and I say, you know, if you can just see somebody's design style in it that is different, it's those little it's those little things that just make it for me. Um, you know, I could have the perfect knife for the job and I think I would rather the knife that is just a little bit different are a little bit off of what would be perfect for it, but it's like handmade and you see those, you know, those personal preferences that the maker has developed over the years. Does that make sense? Or am I just, yeah, no, that, no, that makes perfect sense. That was, that's a great answer, man. I love that. Ryan, what do you got? Which one? What? Uh, what? Starting with the, uh, the one that, that if if there's something missed on a knife that just kind of ruins it for you, let's start there. Um, If your plunge lines, when you're looking face down the edge, if they're not symmetrical, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're holding a knife. Yeah, I feel a little attacked, but okay. Why? Your plunge lines look fine. 
the fuck are you talking about? You know what I mean? Oh, it's like you're I looking know exactly what you're you mean. Yeah. Like this, and you're looking at the edge. If the plunge lines aren't symmetrical, that drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know but it's what? Also super- I'm looking at the knife I just finished, and mine is slightly off. Son of a bitch. Oh, shit. My bad. <laughs> Sorry to bring maybe it it's up. <laughs> a, maybe it's the light down here because I've got only one light on one side of me. Maybe that's what's throwing me off, but... You're going to have to take it outside and double double gander at it now. Ah, uh, son of a bitch. I hear I thought I did a good job on it. I'm going to throw it away. B-Cone, you did do a good job. You did. Nah. That's just something that bothers me. And like I, when I see it, I'm like, uh, it drives me nuts. It's like hearing people eat. As I've been munching through this, I know. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> ben Butler, <laughs> <laughs> he'll like that when the, when he listens. <laughs> so, what's something that that makes a knife for you when you look at it, Ryan? I like crisp lines and earth tones. Ooh, crisp I like, lines and earth tones. Earth I tones. like when handles are done in earth tones, like browns and yellows and blacks and. Like, hmm. uh, like different micartas, like when guys will use like a different shade of brown micarta for the liner as opposed to whatever the scale material is. And that's why I think that's why I use a lot of micarta, just, not just because I have a bunch, but like I like micarta pins. I like how they look. I like earth tones. I don't know. Nice. I can see that. I, I like bright colors, but I don't. It's not my preference. If I were going to carry a knife, it wouldn't be like like pickle green, you know what I mean? Or like some of the purple, <laughs> some, some of the purple ones I've done lately. Like that wouldn't be my first choice, but. Gotcha. Well, for me, it's really difficult to, to like figure out like, uh, what exactly is something that ruins it for me. Just something that like comes to the top of my head would be like proud pins. Cause that was something that I struggled with. Yeah. There's a cat on screen. And for those of you that are just listening, uh, Proud pins are something that like really I struggled with early on because I only use like stainless steel pins and then I discovered G10 pins and that kind of changed my life. But uh, just the extra time to just shave those pins down and make them well, not not polish them because it's not always needed on on. Um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean there, Beacon. Um but uh, it's it's not always needed to like polish a pin, but to get get the pin in a similar finish to what the blade finish is without any like deeper scratches, you know, um, pins are sometimes overlooked, I think. And so that's always something that just kind of like, ah, you could have just eh, you're almost there. Um, and the one thing that that sets a knife apart for me. Is bolster transition. So anytime I see a knife on Instagram. My eyes are drawn to the transition between the handle material and the blade and how well that is done and how artistically it is done. Uh, there are a few people that stand out in my mind. Um, uh, 310 Knife Co. And uh, Bittinger Knives. Those are the two people that just popped into my head just now. There are a few others. I'm I'm not leaving anyone out here if you know, you're like, oh, I worked really hard on mine. I'm not. I'm not like leaving you out, but those are just the two that came to my mind for interesting, you know, bolster transitions between the handle material and the blade, because I feel like a lot of people uh, myself early on was I just needed to make it look clean. It just needs to look clean between 
the handle and the blade, but there's so much style that you can add just with that bolster transition between different angles um, or curves, you know, as the case may be, whatever you want to do. Um, and everybody's got their own different style, but I feel like that's like a really good opportunity to add like a little bit of style into even a simple knife that makes it interesting and appealing to look at. I'm totally. sorry for I'm sorry for totally interrupting your whole spiel there, but I am turning this knife that I just finished in the light and you can totally see. Can you see that? How uh, maybe I can line it up. It's totally yeah. it's totally off to one side. My bolster or my um, plunge line lineup is nowhere near great on this one. And the pain in the ass is I made this one specifically to take the blade show to show off to people. I don't think I can do that now. I but don't listen to me. I'm fucking oh. nobody. <laughs> yeah, but I can't believe I didn't and didn't see. In it. my defense, I didn't know that that blade was off, so I was just stating what I have <laughs> like on my knives. So it gives me a pet peeve or like a tick. Is that um, the proud pins, Noah? The only time I like proud pins is when guys leave copper quarter inch mm. pin stock long and they peen it over. Yes, and you get that like hammered textured. I like that. Um, but proud pins is a bitch. That's why I don't use metal pins anymore, especially mm-hmm. stainless because they're fucking hard. It's yeah. I've had to, well, you got to take like diamond files to them to get the proudness off. Well, there's a couple of different ways you can go about it. And uh, the handle material can be uh, an issue with that as well. Like even stabilized woods, if it's a soft wood, it grinds different, you know, like let's say you had some some redwood burl versus some freaking um, like bog oak. That stuff is freaking solid when you're grinding it versus that that redwood burl. You're going to grind right through that stuff if you're grinding it the same way that you're going to try and grind some bog oak. And so that's going to have an effect on how your pins stand out. And then also how fine you take your grits up on the grinder before you switch to hand sanding on your handle material is going to have a big effect too, because if you're grinding on a flat platen or a wheel that has that stiff backing so that it's going to grind the pin and the handle material the same way. And then you switch to something that has a soft backing, like, I don't know, your thumb or a sanding stick with a pad on it. It's going to grind away everything around that harder material faster. But what I've done in the past is if I do come across that where let's say there's a spot where I can't get to it on the grinder. And so I have to hand sand it like when my hollows that I do on the sides of my, my handles, what I'll do is I'll go back through with a little Dremel with the little, the little barrel sander on there and just grind down that, that proud pin and then buff it out. And you can, you can get it nice and even without messing up your sanding that you've already done. I've had, um, like stubborn scratches and pins mm-hmm. and I'll run a slack plat and I'll just take my finger from the back of the belt and put pressure on that pin. In, it's cause you like danger. The... You and are a badass. God it works damn. Fucking great. Well, you don't run a slack belt at a hundred. It's at like 30. Yeah. Still. You're Ugh. just gently touching it. You're just, but, and now, just imagine... pressure on the pin. Here's Imagine thing, you're Ryan. doing that with sleeves on and all of a sudden you're like you're reaching around and your sleeve gets caught. That's a good way to That's lose a finger. Kick the belt. You're overthinking it. Ugh. Ryan, you got to you got to understand you and I can do things like this, but the rest of these people aren't mechanics. They don't have thumbs as solid as us. You know, if they touch a belt like that, it's just going to burn. You know, I mean, sometimes I get cuts and they don't bleed. Yeah. 
they just I'm just like, oh, I'm cut. Yeah, oh. no, that happened. That happened to me yesterday. <laughs> I was doing something in the shop, and I cut like right up the middle of my index finger on my left hand. Didn't bleed a drop, but it cut like, I mean, it it hurt, but yeah, no blood. Sometimes my uh, phone doesn't recognize my thumbs mm-hmm. from the calluses. I'm it's like, so frustrating. I, I just gotta push a little harder, and it'll. It's like, oh, there's a flesh there, <laughs> but <laughs> it's because we're mechanics, and like people who don't work on stuff a lot don't like get used to like reaching your hand up somewhere you can't see feeling for a bolt and twisting it loose with your fingers it's like our finger game is on point someday i'll grow up and be as as uh, manly as you two let, let me tell you i will teach you to fix anything you want to learn b cone don't hesitate to reach out i've oh, been yeah. answering questions oh, yeah. from noah and timber tiger for <laughs> Two weeks trying to help them diagnose their mowers cross country. Well, you, you said, did a great job. You said yeah, you I figured out it. my mower for me. Yeah. Yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Shit. And now I have a new mower. Yeah. No one needed a new mower. <sighs> I even oh, that, knew what, that hurt. I even knew what caused it. I, I was like, oh, you should probably check that because all that shit in there is going to make this happen. And you're like, oh, fuck, you're right. Yep. yep. There it is. Yep. I am right. It's a curse being right all the time. Now, Noah, do I see that you have a Phoenix Abrasives um, hat on? You do, yes. Now, I bought Phoenix Abrasives for the first time a couple days ago, and it already showed up to my front doorstep. They're quick. Literally, I, I talked to him. I talked to Greg two days, three days ago, and it showed up yesterday. I um, so Jeremy Ballaball was telling me about the compact, compacted grit. Have you guys seen those rain abrasives? Yeah, Yeah, those things. Oh, my God. The the 220 grit looks like 36 grit. The 400 and 600 look like, I mean, almost like 60 grit. It's amazing. Are they aluminum oxide? I'm not entirely sure. I didn't look into them. I just bought them. I may have had a couple beverages in my system when I messaged and then sent the <laughs> PayPal over. But so I did, I, I did zero like... research. Jer- oh, sorry. What? No, go ahead. You go ahead. I didn't oh, mean to gotcha. Ben Butler you. You're good. You're good. I'm pretty used to it. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I may have had a couple beverages in me and, Jeremy Ballaball was telling me this stuff is so cool. Jeremy at 409 Forging, go go check him out if you haven't already. But um, yeah, he he said that they're great and they hold up a long time. And I said, screw it, I'll I'll message him and I'll get some. So I I got it. And um, they showed up yesterday, so I've only I haven't used them yet. But I took I just went and grabbed a scrap piece of steel and I just ground a little bit with the 220. And it's amazing that there's big, thick, chunky, abrasive grits on there, but the the um, finish on it looks phenomenal. Yes, he is. He's getting Minecrafty. I yeah, can still hear you though. Yeah. Um. Oh no. I've been told. I've been told by like four people that I need to try them, and I just haven't yet. But I am meaning to. Um. It's just like you know when you're like making your cart and you buy the same. We all get stuck in our ways and we use the same shit all the time and then I'll forget. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to get yeah. some of them compact grain stuff. 
I just don't know what yeah. they're for because if they're aluminum, it doesn't say that they're ceramic. So I don't, I don't know what they're for. Are they for hand I, material or? Yeah, I think it's a longer lasting, uh, like higher grits for handle material. So I, I used it a little bit on the handle on the newest knife on maybe it's carbon fiber. Maybe it just didn't react well with carbon fiber, but it did not leave great scratch patterns on softer material. So I'm thinking it's specifically for, you know, finishing your bevels. Oh, okay. I don't, and, but I don't know. I literally used it once. I've had it in my, in my, you know, shop for 24 hours. Don't listen to me. Go check them out wherever they're sold. You know, listen to the experts, not me, but that's what I saw. Uh, somebody okay. suggested it to me cause I use a lot of micarta and mm. micarta, micarta likes rough grits. It doesn't like to be fine sanded on the machine. Yeah, that vintage micarta that you have, maybe that would be perfect for it because it's so dense and hard. Yeah, I just sent a block of that to Honor Caglar, and uh, did you really? Yeah, and it like it double it weighs so much it doubled the cost of the package. Because he he was asking for cherry burl, and I everybody I've got fucking so much of it. I sent him that big four by four honker chunk that I had. I cut it in half and I sent him that. And uh, I was like, oh, I've got all this micarta. I'll throw that in there, too. And it was half the weight. Oh, Jesus. Was was a probably two inch by two inch square chunk. Yeah, that stuff is freaking heavy, man. It grinds like a bitch. I'm I'm bored with it now. I've got so much of that, that specific micarta because I've just got so much of it. It's your standard vintage amber colored micarta. Yeah. You know, I I have kind of been getting the same way with the carbon fiber that I've been dealing. Like part of me thinks like, oh, you know, I'm I'm doing another carbon fiber knife. But then you finish it up and you you take it to the sun, you look at it, it's like, oh wow, that is kind of pretty after all. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm way over black G ten. I'm just <laughs> done, done with it. I'm so over it. Speaking it's, of how are how are those um how are those recurring orders going? It's like they haven't so there's two types that I do. There's the ones they use for table stock, and those are the big fifty knife orders. And they right. only put those in when they need more. And then they'll send me like special engraved ones they sell in their gift shop. So they're like, We need this two with this name on it and three with this name on it or whatever. And those have been the ones that keep coming in. And it's wow. pretty good. I got 27 of them on order right now that have to be done by Father's Day. Oh, wow. Dang. Gotta jump on yeah. it. I'm getting a lot quicker on making them. 19 of them are almost done. They'll be done tomorrow. I just gotta etch them. But I got a Father's Day order for a Damascus brisket slicer. Ooh. And... Uh, I, I, I told the customer, I was like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get this done by Father's Day. And she's like, oh, no, that's fine. As long as you're working on it. I'm like, OK, good. Cool. That was appreciate that because uh, I don't know. But actually, now I got it heat treated yesterday uh, or the day before. I'm not sure. And uh, I think I actually might get it done. So if I can get the blade mostly finished before blade and then just do the handle and everything afterwards. It's a totally new design for me. I've never done anything like it. Normally on all my knives, I do like, let's say like a chef knife. 
you've got that curved tip that you can use for slicing. And I always do a nice flat towards the heel so you can yep. still chop with it for like chopping mm-hmm. onions, potatoes and that sort of stuff. But you can still use it for proteins with that nice curved tip. But uh, this is going to be, I think, the first knife I've made in a while where it's one long continuous curve all the way because I don't want there. I mean, it's a mild curve, but uh, I don't want there to be any point where the the blade just hits the cutting board flat. I want it to be one continuous slice all the way through. Um, I'm not I'm not a a pit master. I don't know a lot about it, but this is just kind of what I came up with. And so. It's, it's been kind of a fun project, so it's it's some okay Damascus. It's not my favorite Damascus I've ever made, but it was fun. That's super interesting because any brisket slicer I've ever seen is a completely flat, straight, you know, edge geometry. So to have well, a curve and they're one, serrated. They're serrated though. All the all the brisket knives that have like the round tip, they're all serrated. So you're just a back and forth motion. This is right. going to be one continuous slice down through with a curve. So it's going to be a little bit different. So again, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm like that, that meme. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And that's where I'm at right now. How long of a blade on that one? Uh, I believe the blade itself is about 12 inches. Wow. 11. I think it might've been 11. Yeah. It's the longest, longest blade I've done. I mean, most of the time I make eight, nine inch chef knives. I don't, I don't make long blades like this, but I wanted to make sure it was long enough to go through a brisket. So, man, I just finished up that 11 inch chef knife and that, I mean, it's amazing. I love how it feels in your hand. It really feels like it's like, it feels like you're a, you're a kid again. You're grabbing the family chef knife, that proportion, you know, (laughs) does that like, it it totally like filled me full of like uh oh my god this is so cool you know, like almost like a you know youthful wonder <laughs> boyhood joy yeah I sent off two short swords and a magna cut machete oh my god to, to Tortuga to uh, heat treat for me because my oven's wow. not long enough I gotta lay off these snackaroons I was gonna say you got the munchies there buddy like I haven't eaten all day Dang. and I did the bro down right before this and that's kind of like. We bro down before the bro down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I hear some turkey shadow puppets there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've never heard that. It's <coughs> a good one. That is good. <laughs> that makes perfect right. sense, too. <laughs> well, you guys, um, it's been a little while since we played some games. Um, I I have a little bit of fake news. And I also have some some this or that. Which one would you guys rather do first? Let's do this or that to start. All right, Ryan, play us in. A little bit of this and a whole lot of that. Would you rather fly in a submarine or swim in an airplane? Would you rather be a reindeer? Would you rather surf a wave of Kool-Aid? Or snowboard a mountain of dippin' dots. Would you rather fly or be able to breathe in the water? Would you prefer the ability to stick to walls? Or would you rather shoot spaghetti from your fingers? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is time to play a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Brian, are you ready? 1,000%. Would you rather have a unicorn as a pet or a talking dolphin as a best friend? Unicorn as a pet. Would you rather have a workshop filled with state-of-the-art knife-making machinery or a personal mentor mentor who is a legendary master bladesmith? Ooh! 
Man, we we have to jump back to this to talk about it because I might actually have that second that second situation. You. Yeah. Let's let's come back to that. Let's come back we'll to that. We'll come Definitely back to that one. Okay. The second. The second option. Okay. All right. Would you rather be able to control the weather, but only in your immediate vicinity, or have the power to make all vegetables taste like chocolate? <laughs> all vegetables taste like chocolate. I would lose so much weight. Harpoon point or clip point? Right now, harpoon point. Mm. Would you rather have a personal spaceship that can take you anywhere in the universe, but only on weekends, or a time machine that can only take you back in the past during family reunions? Ah! Wow, that's hard. Give it. Let me hear that one more time. Would you rather have a personal spaceship that can take you anywhere in the universe, but only on weekends, or a time machine that can take you back in time only during family reunions? Personal spaceship, but I wouldn't go off planet. I would just do little vacations around the Earth and not have to pay anything for, like, traveling. Okay. Would you rather have the opportunity... Would you rather have the opportunity to forge a legendary historical sword like Excalibur or create a custom knife for your favorite celebrity? Custom knife for your favorite celebrity. Would you rather forge a knife from a meteorite or make handle scales from a lightning struck tree? Lightning struck tree would look so cool. Like, eh, I, I don't know. That's I, I think lightning struck tree. Here's Here's the last one. You ready? Yeah. Would you rather have a bottomless bowl of guacamole or an unlimited supply of bacon? Guacamole. You son of a bitch. Wow. (laughs) That is not the answer I expected, but okay. So you wanted to come back to, would you rather have a workshop filled with state-of-the-art knife-making machinery or a personal mentor who is a legendary master bladesmith? What is this? Uh, what is this forthcoming thing that you're gonna maybe talk about now? So I just joined the ABS. Holy, sh- yeah. So I just joined the ABS a couple days ago, and basically after paying my sixty dollars, you know, it's not like I'm actually anything new. It's just I paid sixty dollars, whatever. But um, so I sent that that little like, hey, congratulations, email to a couple different people, including Dennis Tyrell. And Dennis said basically, hey, you should reach out to some of the, if you have any local mastersmiths or the mastersmiths near you, because of course, Michigan has so many, there's two of them. Mm -hmm. But so he said, basically, now that you're a part of this, you should reach out to them and, you know, see if maybe you can, you know, meet them, get some tips, you know, maybe have them help you along your way to help you test sooner, whatever, or more successful testing, whatever. So I start looking through. And like I said, there's only two Mastersmiths in Michigan. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm going to have to drive five, six hours to the nearest one. Uh, no, Kevin Cashin is only... 50 miles or 50 minutes south of me and he is a master if you guys don't know kevin cashin he's you know mostly known for his swords but he's always like he's getting award after award at blade show all the time so i I know the name i don't know the face but i do know the name that's for sure the fact that i have i had no idea that a master smith lived literally 50 minutes south of me 
That's ridiculous. I had no idea. The nearest yeah. knife maker that I knew was Matt Gentry, who's two hours away. Jeez. You know? And like, you know, I, no shade on Matt Gentry, but, you know, he's not a master smith. I, hey, maybe I could get in, get in league with uh, Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. No, 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 all... no, no, no. <laughs> Matt Gentry is like me. He's a stock removal guy, right? Yes, he is. Oh, that's yeah. true. Okay. We are discriminated against, and they don't allow us to get the master title. Where can you get right. a master title for Bladesmith being a stock removal guy? You can't. You Nowhere. have to forge. You have to forge, right? But you know, it's bullshit. Bullshit. I know. I know. We said shots fired. We all know. We. I have a huge respect, and everybody has a huge respect for Matt Gentry. Like I'm not trying to throw shade. Let's, I know. I know. Let's squash that right shit. now, dude. Those hog splitters he's doing. That monster oh fucking gosh. hog splitter. Yeah. I'm like, how did you heat treat that dude? That thing is <laughs> fucking huge. Well, you saw. Did you see in the video that he put out? No, he almost he almost burnt down his shop. No kidding, I didn't see that either. Yeah, if you, if you watch his his first one, the the uh, I think it was the fantasy challenge video that he put out. Mm-hmm. He um he put it in his um even heat kiln, and he pulled it out and tried to quench it in just like a vat of like it wasn't even a huge thing of oil, and um so basically he pulled it out and he went straight down and quenched it. And the th- the oil just like just burst into flames and like spat- splattered everywhere. And in his shop, he has, of course, you know, is is it wasn't a perfectly clean shop, so like sawdust started catching on fire, and like it just looked like a Ooh. huge inferno. But what you don't know is if you look straight up from where he was standing, he had a bunch of vintage uh, um, fishing rods. Oh, no. so a lot of those i mean i haven't seen it but from what i heard it a lot of those got a lot of damage and like the the plastic and the reels all you know mm-hmm. melted together and such stuff but Bomber. man and then of course he ran outside and took it outside as quick as he could and sure. put out the yeah. fire but imagine like all of a sudden you think you're doing something great and all of a sudden like your shop is damn near on fire damn I quench outside my shop. Um, I I'm super like paranoid about all that kind of stuff. So I've got a, a metal five gallon bucket full of quench oil and I take that and I carry it outside and I have my, my oven is as close to the door as it can be. And I just take two steps, grab the knife out of the oven, two steps straight into the oil. And that way all any, any kind of ensuing flames can be outside and, uh, I also have a fire extinguisher on every available surface. So I've got one on my main table, one on, or I think I got two on my workbench, one specifically for my welding cart, and then one over by my grinder. So yeah, I've got fire extinguishers everywhere because I'm paranoid. <laughs> I have two quench tanks. They're both ammo cans, but one's a giant square. It has like seven gallons of uh, AAA in it right now. Wow. And I could probably fit two more gallons. So it's pretty big. And then Mm -hmm. the other one is a deep mortar can, but they both have locking lids. Yes. So if if they flash, I can just slap the lid down and lock it. And it's like, boop. Puts it out. I have I have the lid for for my metal bucket and it's a metal lid. So you can just slap that on there. It doesn't lock the way that an ammo can does. I used to use ammo cans, but it wasn't enough oil for me. So I currently didn't have a big one like yours. And speaking of a merit grade. Oh, go ahead. 
Ameribraid is coming out with a quench tank. Oh, that's right. Yes. I can't remember how many gallons they said it is, but it's 24 inches deep. Wow. Yeah. And it also has a, a quick, quick closed lid and everything on it as well. So, yeah. Yep. I didn't mean to cut you off, B-Cone. I'm sorry. I know. It, I, I know um, what I was going to say is um, I also use ammo cans. I'm still in the ammo can phase and I'm really looking. So I've never been to a scrapyard and like gone and grabbed scrap and whatever. Um. I need to I need to pop that cherry because I need to find some sort of l- large tube steel and weld up a much larger, you know, quench tank because this little ammo can is pissing me off. Um, well, we have a scrapyard here that sells stuff by the pound. Yeah. So you go like and like people will scrap motorcycles or whatever and they leave it whole. And you, they let you go walk around the yard and if it sits there too long, they fucking crunch it and send it off. But I bought a, a pedal start moped <laughs> for 50 bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. It was like a old Italian like and you really had to have some leg strength to get that thing up to speed enough to start it. But you like hold the clutch down and you'd pedal it like a normal bike and let the clutch go and it would take off. I'm sure you did it take you to get it going. Not long. Yeah. Of course well, not. You, You're a small engine mechanic. Master. But when, right. when you know the stuff, it's different. Like Noah can walk up to a GM truck that somebody's given up on and probably diagnose it in 10 minutes and have it done, you know? When you know, like machines inherently all have the same issues for the most part. Like, you know, certain runs of this motor blow coils or have bad lifters or whatever. And you start to learn that stuff and just memorize it. Yeah. Once you've done it a thousand times. Exactly. And like, I specialize in handheld stuff like two stroke chainsaws and things like that. And, uh, it's all by ear. Every, every symptom on a chainsaw or a weed whacker sounds the same. Oh, it's bogging. Cool. (laughs) Speaking of, I'm looking to get a weed whacker here in the, in the short term. What do you suggest I look at for a weed whacker? Like, is there a specific anything? Echoes are the best. Echoes? Echoes are the best. Husqvarna and Steeler plastic trash. Okay. Good to know. Better warranty, better build quality. Yeah. Echoes is the only way to go when it comes to trimmers, backpack blowers, and smaller chainsaws. Gotcha. All right, that's guys. all I had. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we uh, we're almost an hour in. Do we want to do a little bit of fake news? Let's do fake news. Let's do Phoenix abrasives first. And I, like I don't ha- I don't have the fake news jingle loaded. So, ah, okay. no jingle. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix abrasives. Your one stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle & Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. 
Thanks, Thanks Luke. Luke. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> I uh, so actually before we get into the fake news, that reminded me because I was using my Gator belts yesterday, and uh, Brian, when I was on the WFI two, I talked to you about a specific Damascus pattern that I was trying out, and I mean this was what two months ago, longer. Yep. I got it heat treated yesterday. Oh, man. <laughs> so the uh, the feather inception or fox feather, as I'm calling it, is uh, is heat treated. And I got it sanded to like two hand sanded to like 220 last night and, and got a little bit of a better look at the etch on it. And I'm super excited to uh, to show off another reel or a picture of that um, sometime soon. Uh, and I'm working on a uh, like a hammer textured bolster for it so it's going to be pretty cool that's awesome so. i'm so stoked to see that because you were you were explaining it to me and i'm normally super dense when someone tries to explain something to me i've i have a hard time picturing it but i you you really it sounds like it's going to be a really cool design and i'm i'm very excited to see it thank you man yeah I, it's it's definitely the most it's the happiest I've ever been with any Damascus pattern because it came out the way that I expected it to. Like oh. I, I, I had the vision in my head of what it was going to look like. And it actually looked like that. And I took the time when I was forging it because I wanted to make sure that, you know, Hey, this flows into this. And like the way that the way that the, the pattern flows from the heel up to the tang is probably my favorite part. Cause I put a lot of work into having that kind of swoop up with the different, the different feathers that all go into the one main feather. And, uh, I'm really proud of it. So hopefully I'll get some pictures of that up soon. So nice. Anyways, shout out to Phoenix Abrasives for making that whole process easier with those gator belts. Cause, uh, that was, I mean, I went out to the shop at like 9 PM and by nine 30, I had that thing in the acid, maybe, maybe less time than that. Like it was not a whole lot of time at all. So those, those belts make everything easier. So it's time for a little bit of fake news. Fake you guys ready? News. Fake news. <laughs> we begin. A giant phallus-shaped iceberg floating in Conception Bay surprises the residents of Dildo, Canada. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, we've got a dick-shaped iceberg floating in Conception Bay. It's a new <laughs> Surprised the residents of Dildo, Canada. Canada. That's right above me. That's right above Maine. Right on. Next up, we have Son sends two exotic dancers to his father's hospital bed while he recovers from a stroke. Jesus. <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we have Florida man arrested in connection of parking garage collapse after giving homeless people pickaxes and telling them there was a lost stash of crack. Okay. All right. So the first one, the fact that Ryan said that is right north of them, you know, that the fact that there's a dildo Canada is ridiculous all in itself. So is that an actual town, Ryan? Dildo Canada? Have you been there? Yeah, I think it's in Newfoundland. Now, can you say can you say that there is a Conception Bay? Do you know that much? Actually, I'll just Google it. Is that no, allowed? You, is that allowed? I don't think you you can't Google it because then you'll see either the real or the fake story. It'll come up immediately. I know It'll that come there up is immediately. A... That's where you screwed up. 
That's a real story. Boom. First one's out. I didn't say I that. I know that there's a town named Dildo because I was on Google Maps looking at Newfoundland just for fun. Mm. As you I do. Was, I was yeah. bored. And I was like, it's right above me. Let's see what's up with this place. And I was like, oh, honey, there's a town called Dildo. <laughs> She's like, you're an idiot. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so that one's out. The so Florida we've... the Florida man with the pickaxe. That I feel like that's a red herring because, you know, the Florida man or or fraud. I feel like, uh, I feel like that's the red herring. I think that's the one that I'm going to say yeah. is the fake. Is the fake news. I don't know. That's the most believable one. That's why I think <laughs> it's a red herring. Oh, yeah. See, what just because there, there is a town named Dildo doesn't mean that story was real. And I like how I, no, no, nobody's questioning the fact that a son sent two exotic dancers to his father's hospital bed. Everybody's like, yep, totally. And yeah, no, yep. that's every other Tuesday. You know, that's that's no big deal. <laughs> yep. I'll go with B cone. I'll say the pickaxe crackheads is fake. Fake news. All right. You're sticking with that. Both of you. Final answer. Yep. Well, freaking done, guys. Good job. Nice. And B cone, you were absolutely correct with that red herring because the story that I originally saw, which was a fake news headline, said New York man. But I was like, I was like, ah, that's not. That's no, we're going to change it to Florida, man. It's already fake, so I can change it. So it doesn't really matter. And yeah, so there really was a giant phallus shaped iceberg floating in Conception Bay, which surprised the residents of Dildo, Canada. That's hilarious. And yeah, obviously, I was right. it's, in, it's in Newfoundland. Nice. There we go, guys. That was I think that was probably the most successful game of uh, fake news we've ever played. Maybe well I'm just I'm just too good at like overthinking everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout shoot. out to my childhood trauma for giving me the ability to overthink things. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Good stuff, guys. Well, hey, um, Ryan, do we want to shout out our patrons and then head over to the after show? Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, close this. Open this. <laughs> Do I need to pull out the trombone and play something or what? So, just so you guys know, I don't. I don't think we talked about this before when we started recording. But next week, obviously, we're all going to be at Blade Show. So next week, we're going to try and bring you guys a very special Blade Show edition episode. Um, we're going to try and get multiple people on. So we're going to be at Blade Show. Um, we're going to be uh, staying in a house, and we're going to try and do. Uh, we're bringing our computers and our mics we're going to try and um interview just a couple people uh probably keep the topic pretty close on blade show um i give you guys an insight into what everything is like at blade if you're not going to be there um if you are going to be there hit me up in a dm um let me know uh where we can meet up and i'd love to meet anybody who's a listener of the show and especially you know obviously people that i talk to all the time on instagram all you guys in the community i'd love to meet you guys and uh say hi uh if you're gonna have a table send me your table number so that i can come visit you because i know you're going to be strapped to that table all day a weekend really and uh i would love to see your guys' work so hey um everybody the things that noah just said me too yeah (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna wander 
Yeah. And if I find you, I find you. Honestly, that's the way to do Blade Show. Is oh, it? Maybe, maybe have a couple different people that you absolutely need to see, but everything else just play by ear. Yeah, you don't want to play by eel. Those things are slippery. I don't know what the hell happened just there. Drink half a <laughs> and- blue moon and all of a sudden my, my tongue's slipping. Ooh, lightweight. Pinkies up, boys. There it is. <laughs> he comes a cheap date. <laughs> what were we doing? We were looking up the patrons, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Thank God. You. Are you high? <laughs> I am. <laughs> is that? We, went, we went over this. Uh, we got Reese McVicker, James Buck, Matt Bicker of DIY Europe, Matt Baldwin at Baldwin Blades, Crosspeen Forge, Ameribraid, Travis Haynes at Bird Forge, Colin Hayworth of Hayworth Handmade, Jeremy at 419 Forging, Jeremy Ballaball, Woodbye Moeller, Alexander Sloat of Devlin Forge, Brian Hunt at Hidden Rose Forge, Will from Maine that's Spruce Hill Studio, Brian Cohn, thank you very much, Jared Weaver, that's the master of metal manipulation. Maximus Knives, Ira Housework, Ed Soul, Timber Tiger Forge, Stormlight Forge, Snake Branch Knife Works, Bremner Built Knives, Eric Andrews, Jared Echo Blades, Brian Henningkamp, Crafty Man Forge, Noah Bloomberg, Driver Defense Knives, Maritime Knife Supply, Pattern Nostri Fabrica, Trucks Claire Custom Cutlery, Dennis Tyrell, Todd Harrington, BexArmory.com, Mark Vanderwerf, Mark LeBlanc, that's Papa Hatchy Axe, Brigham Kindell, our short fat friend, Aru Blade Works, KnifeMaterial.at, and Donnie Dulovich. Nice. Thanks, everybody. Good group of guys, honestly. You're all just a bunch of beautiful people, and we love you all. Beautiful, beautiful bastards. Yep. What does honor I'll... call their patrons? Bitches. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I wanted to. What was he doing the other day where he they, he read off uh, Toby read off the patrons and then he uh, he slagged them off. Um, I was what, the what only was he... one. I was the only one that he said something nice about. I was like, ha, 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 fuck you guys. <laughs> what what was he calling? He called me that too. What was it? I can't remember what he was calling. Uh, wankers. Was prick? prick or wanker or something like that. Prick. Yeah. Yeah. I was honored by that title. So that's so, totally some fine. Some sort of British Yorkshire insult that we don't understand. But he said, <laughs> he's the only one he said nice shit about was me. I was like, hey. Oh, yeah, that's actually (laughs) that's going to be my new co-host. Sorry, Toby. He's like, oh, my next (laughs) co-host. I I can't do an honor voice, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah, we're going to do the fire and grind podcast. Nice. All right. I'll find something else to do. That's fine. I get it. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, hey, thank you all for uh, supporting us on Patreon. We're going to head over to the after show now. And all those lovely people that we read out are going to get to listen to it. And if you would like to become a patron and listen as well, you can go to patreon.com slash hustle and grind. And for as little as $1 a month, someone will die and you will get to listen to some more content. So thank you. All right. You and Toby could do a show and call it the hustle and steal. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, it doesn't have as much of a ring to it, though. I like yours better. No, Fire and Grind is way better. Fire yeah, and Grind is. Is, is lit for sure. I, I was told that that episode with me and Honor, I think you said it, Noah, was just like the bro down showdown, but with British Richie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep, pretty much. Nice. But, all right, guys. Everybody. Well, I hope you all are out there hustling and grinding and have a great week. Um, I hope everyone had a solid Memorial Day, took some time to reflect, had some good time with family and friends and uh, ready to push on through this next week. And hopefully a lot of you are planning on heading to Blade and we will see you there. You're done being fire pit piece of shit. Get back to work. Get back to work. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. We know you're working if you're listening to this. There's no way you'd listen to this on purpose unless you had something else better to do, like work. So we know you're working while you're listening. And we're proud of you for it. Yeah. Good job. In case no one else told you today. Good job. You are enough. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.